I am going to sit this morning, if I can, it's hard for me to sit and preach. Someone said last uh, to me yesterday, they're like, you said something last week like you're on pain meds, and we we're like, what in the world's going on? Um, I just basically have a bulging disc in my back. Actually, I'll agree with the voice of my blood. I have a healed back. The, do- the doctors seem to think that I have a bulging disc in my back that's given me a lot of trouble. So they're doing an injection on Tuesday, and uh, I have a great doctor. He did something like this uh, a couple years ago for me. And uh, I, praise the Lord for, for doctors, amen? Praise the Lord for medicine. And so that's awesome, but we're still going to believe for the healing power of God. That's where my faith is. I know that's where your faith is too. But I, there's no way that I want to miss out on these last four sermons that I have to share with you guys as one of your senior pastors. Um, I have been feeling like even back maybe January, February, when I knew that this transition was coming, for those of you that are maybe new to Destiny, I think probably everybody here knows that we're in the midst of a transition and moving towards new senior pastors. I'll just again say that, that Tan and I aren't going anywhere. We've always said that if we weren't senior pastors, this is the church we would attend. Well, this is exactly right. We're staying right here, even with not being senior pastors. I'll be on staff for another year helping Sean and Deanna, our new senior pastors. I'll be helping them out. But I really have been, even back in January, as I would get, you know, on Tuesdays, we would have soaking prayer. I love it. It's one of my favorite times of the whole week. We just have two hours here in the sanctuary with music playing. Nobody's talking. We're just spending time soaking in the presence of the Lord. I love it. It's like forced prayer time. It's like it's part of my job description. I made Sean make it part of my job description for next year. I have to soak for two hours every Tuesday from 10. He agreed, all right? So uh, as I was doing that earlier this year, I, I really, I kept going back to the book of Philippians as I was thinking about you guys, knowing we were going this direction, not able to share it with you yet. I kept going back to Philippians because I felt like the book of Philippians so spoke my heart. I would pray it to God. I would pray it back to him over you guys and over us and 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 over Sean and Deanna as we were praying about whether they would be the next senior pastors. And, And I kept going back to the book of Philippians. So as I was thinking about where I wanted to go for this final series to share with you guys as, as, as one of the senior pastors, I, I really felt led to, to dig in for, for the four weeks. I want to take excerpts from the four chapters of the book of Philippians. We can't cover the whole book, but there are parts of it that really speak, I believe, uh, to myself. They speak to me and Tana, and I, I believe they'll also speak to you. And as I shared with Sean this last Friday, I believe what I'm going to be sharing over the next uh, four weeks is also a message to them as the incoming senior pastors. So in some ways, it's prophetic. I believe it's what the Lord is speaking to us right now. This, this letter for Paul is, is, a, is a powerful letter. If you remember the story uh, in Acts chapter 16, you'll remember that, that Paul was praying about where to go, and he kept trying to figure out where he was supposed to preach the gospel, and he'd try to go one place, and the Holy Spirit would prevent him, and he would try to go somewhere else, and the Holy Spirit would prevent him. How I many know the Holy Spirit was not against Paul making forward motion? God can't steer a parked car, right? So Paul's just, he's just doing the best he can to follow the go. He heard go from Jesus, so he's going, but Holy Spirit's directing him, and then one night, he has a dream, and he hears a, he sees a man, and the man says, uh, from Macedonia, come over here, we need you to help us. And so they got up the next day, and they said, absolutely, this is the voice of the Lord, we're going to go for it. And they go to this place called Philippi, 
And outside the city by the river, they meet a prayer group that's just praying out there. And there's a lady by the name of Lydia. It's interesting that in the vision, God showed Paul a man inviting him over. But when he got there, he met a woman. And the lady's name was Lydia. And she becomes the first key convert in the, in the town of, of Philippi. And he, he, this is incredible. Revival breaks out in the town. God is moving. There's this deliverance that happens with this young girl, this slave girl that's a fortune teller. And Paul casts the devil out of her. And the people who are making money off of her get mad, right? And they throw Paul and Silas in jail. And this is the whole story. You remember it. They're beaten with rods, thrown in jail. This is the city where Paul and Silas are in jail. And they're praying at night. And in the middle of the night, they're singing songs with their beaten, bloody bodies. They're singing songs to the, of praise to the Lord in prison and God breaks open the prison every door opens isn't that good how God does that he doesn't just set them free but he sets everybody free as they worship I thought that was pretty key for destiny huh he sets everybody free as they worship and and the jailer even gets saved and the there's this incredible move of God that happens in this town it's very dear to Paul's heart they become a partner church to him. They become a lifelong relationship. And he has this with all of his churches. But there's something special about the city of Philippi. And so I think that's why I kept going back to the book of Philippians. So with that kind of backdrop, let's look at Philippians chapter 1. I, on purpose... I'm using the Passion Translation. And rather than have you look it up in multiple translations, you can put your Bible down. This is the only time you're ever going to hear me say this. For the last four weeks I'm preaching, you can put your Bible down. Wow. You can look up the verses later when you get home, but I want us to all be on the same page. The Passion Translation is in your notes. It's on the screen, and you can follow along. And I want you to hear this from me today. I want you to hear this from Tana today, because it so speaks my heart. So, dear friends, dear friends of Destiny Foursquare Church, my name is Brent. And I'm joined by Tana, both of us servants of Jesus. We write this letter to all his devoted followers at Destiny Foursquare Church, including your new pastors, Sean and Deanna Shop, who will be appointed soon. And to all the servant leaders that are in this church, because there are many. May the blessings of divine grace and divine grace and supernatural peace that flow from God, our wonderful Father, and our Messiah, the Lord Jesus, be upon your lives. My prayers, and when it says my, please hear that it's always my prayers, it's Tana's prayers as well. My prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give Him thanks for you with great joy. I'm so grateful for our union and our enduring partnership that began the first time that I presented the gospel to you. You can write this in your notes this morning. We're partnering in transition, and I purposely call it positive transition because there's all kinds of transition that happens in our life, and not all of it feels positive, but I prophesy and tell you what is happening now is a God thing, and it is positive transition. We are partnering Here's one of the ways we're partnering. In praising God for an amazing history. We have an amazing history in this church, don't we? As I was thinking about that and, and knowing that Paul, when he wrote this letter, would have been remembering the beginnings of, 
the church in, in Philippi. And I, and I thought back, you know, we talk about it so many times. 23 people in our basement gathered around that beat up old black piano. Some of you were there back in those days. And even our midweek prayer meetings, even after we moved into different locations, we would have these midweek prayer meetings. And from the very first night we met, this has been a worshiping church. And we would gather around this semi-tuned, beat-up old black piano. And as I was playing, we'd get jamming, and the little zebra my wife had on top of the piano would fall down and get slain in the spirit every single week. <laughs> you guys, some of you remember that. And, and we would, every week, we would circle the chairs, and we'd put a seat in the middle we called the hot seat. And we would lay hands on each other, and we would pray for each other. And I can remember... The first week we were in the we were in the the Holiday Inn Express over by the hospital, and we were just going to have another. These were supposed to be planning meetings, and and I can remember we gathered together for a planning meeting because we kind of outgrown our house and and uh, we're taking up all the cul-de-sac with cars. So we we went to this little Holiday Inn Express. It was a hotel room that they'd actually just taken the beds out. And we gathered in there, and there had been about 25 or so of us that had gathered the first couple of weeks, 23 to 30, whatever it was. And for some reason, that third week when we, when we went into the Holiday Inn Express, there was over 50 people that showed up. And, and, and can you imagine a hotel room with no beds in it, with 50 people crammed in it? Tana had an old boom box that we were using for a sound system. We had our old boombox set up, and that was the first night I was like, you know what, forget this planning stuff, let's just have church. And that was the first night, I don't even know what I preached, I have no clue what I preached that night, but that was the first night, I can remember, you know, I'm thinking about Paul as he's saying that, from the first time I preached the gospel, that was the first night I preached the gospel at Destiny, and I can remember, you know, the following weeks at, at the Quality Inn, Monty, do you remember being at the Quality Inn, do you remember you showed up there that first night, Monty, our faithful usher in the back, and somebody turned around in the front row and started blowing on him and telling him to receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's here. And he still came back anyways, right? <laughs> I remember I remember moving into the barber business building, Tom and Beth Ann, you'll remember those days in the in the barber business building and many of you were there in those those early days. I can remember somebody running up front when I turned around to to start the cassette. Anybody know we used to have things called cassettes, right? And, and I would, when you're the church planter, you do everything. And so I turned around to start the recording for the sermon. While, I'm, while I have my back to the congregation, somebody runs up front, grabs the microphone and says, it's time to blow the horn. I don't have a horn, so... <laughs> And that was the day I thought destiny was over. <laughs> Pack it up, we're finished, it's done. But for some reason, people kept coming back. God continued to grow us. I remember the first Father's Day sermon that Tom and Beth Ann showed up. And we threw the sermon script out the weekend. And we all rallied around the word that God was giving us. That this is His day. This is Father's Day. We have an amazing history of years together, all the way into the place where we're at now. God didn't start this thing yesterday. 
20 years of lives impacted and changed, not because of me and Tana, but because of Jesus. And if you want to write this in your notes, our history is His story. It's His story. He's the one who began this church. He's the one who started what He's doing at Destiny Foursquare Church. And notice in verse 6 where Paul goes with this. I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can write this in your notes. We are partnering with confidence in God for an amazing future. He's the one that began Destiny Foursquare Church. He's the one that some of you gave your lives to Jesus or re-surrendered your lives because of what He's doing here. Some of you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I remember the night, I know I'm going back in the history again, I can't help it. I remember the night Connie Buckley was baptized in the Holy Spirit with Betty Wooten. I remember some of you being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's the one who did that. The same God who did that, he's not, he's not lowering the gear, he's raising the gear. The same God who did that is the same God who has a great future plan that's bigger and brighter than our past. As great as our past has been, and it's been great, God has more. And we're a church that's hungry for more. Amen? Look at verse 7 with me. He says, It's no wonder I pray with such confidence since you have a permanent place in my heart. I, I don't know how many times I read that verse and just tears would come to my eyes on Tuesday mornings when I would read that and think about you guys. You have a permanent place. Nobody can take you out of my heart. Only God knows how much I dearly love you with the tender affection of Jesus, the Anointed One. I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. You can write this in your notes. We are partnering in eternally increasing love. This is a love church. This is who we are. It's who we've always been. The new pastors that are coming in have this same heart, this same passion, that destiny will always be a place, not just where you experience a little love, but of ever-increasing, abounding, tangible love. And my prayer for you and for us is that that love will only expand and that love will only increase. And what Paul says, and you can write this in your notes, is that as our love expands, revelation increases. This has always been a house of revelation too. We haven't ever been just a place where, you know, come and find out how you can apply these 14 principles to your life. No, there's, there's a place for that. There, absolutely. But destiny hasn't always been a place of just here are the 14 principles to apply to your life. We've always been a place of what is the fresh word of the Lord? What is God speaking 
to us? What is he sharing with us? And what Paul says is it's directly related to love. It's directly related to our revelation of how much he loves us, which then just spills over to loving each other. You are some of the most loving people I know. Some of the most caring people I know. It is hard to get you to be quiet during the three-minute, after the three-minute greeting period. Because you love each other so much. You care for each other so much. That's not going to go backwards. That's only going to grow. Solomon prayed, enlarge our hearts that we could run to do your will, right? Enlarge our capacity to love. There's more of this city that needs to know what we're experiencing here together, right? More that don't know, not that are going to other churches. More that don't know, that aren't in any church this morning. That don't have any connection to the house of the Lord. That are longing for love. And guys, we have access to that. And as our love increases, revelation is going to increase and expand. We can only know that that is God's heart for us. Look at verse 10. It says this. So here's what happens. Love increases. Revelation increases. This is going to enable you to choose the most excellent way of all. Becoming pure. Notice this phrase. And without offense until the unveiling of Christ. As we move into a new season... I know this about our new pastors coming in. They would never offend us on purpose. That's not their heart. I talk to Sean. We meet almost weekly. We meet. We Skype together. We FaceTime together. And we, we pray together and we talk about this transition and what's God's heart and, and moving into this new season. And, and I know this from talking to Sean. I mean, their heart is for you guys. Their heart is for us, all of us, as destiny. They love us. They're not sitting around dreaming up things like, I can't wait to get there and change this and see what they think of that. I can't wait till I can change this little program and see how they take that. That is not their heart. Their heart is that they love us. Will things change? I dadgum hope so. Or else, why bring in new leadership, right? Right? We, we welcome change. But that doesn't mean we won't have opportunities to be offended with some of the changes that the Lord is going to be bringing to us as a house. But love, in your notes, will protect us from being trapped by offense. I'm not saying there won't be opportunities to be offended and even little changes. Sometimes it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, isn't it? But sometimes even the little changes. Well, we never did it like that back when we was at the Quality Inn. And we've been doing it like that ever since then. We've always had a three-minute greeting time. And you better not monkey with that. <laughs> now, I have no idea if they're going to monkey with the three-minute greeting time. But how many know Jesus would still come back and we'd all go to heaven if we didn't have a three-minute greeting time? Right? Am I right? Am I right? So there's going to be things that will happen and there'll be opportunities for every one of us to say, wait a minute, this is different than how we've done it before. And guys, I really lean into this with first service because a lot of us first service people, we've been here a long time and there are things that we like about how we do things. But love will protect us from being offended, from buying in and being trapped 
by offense. Amen. Can I get a big amen to that one? Amen. So look at how that same verse, though, is translated in the ERV. The Irv. All right. It says that you will see the difference between what is important and what is not. Hello, somebody, right? We're going to need to have eyes to see the difference between what's really important and what's not important, and then to choose what's important. And then the reason I use this translation is I feel like the passion misses it on this one. It's not about us becoming pure. It's that you will be pure and blameless for the coming of Christ. In other words, in your notes, love will enable us to become who we really already are. It's not about someday we'll finally become pure through love. What it is, is love is calling us pure right now. Love is calling us beautiful right now. Love is calling us perfect right now. And if we'll listen to that voice, that voice of love, then our lives will begin to reflect or our lives, it reflects really a kind of a poor word in some ways because it's like we're trying to mimic something that we see. It's not that. Holy Spirit lives in us and is actually producing the fruit of love, of peace, of joy, of long-suffering, patience, meekness, kindness, all of those good ones, right? He's producing all of us on the inside of us. But it's an inside job, right? It's, it's something He's doing in us. So we aren't trying to get pure for him. Love calls you pure today. Love calls you a saint today. And then we begin to live like what we believe we already are. Amen? Amen. Brothers, look at verse 12. He says this, I want you to know, dear ones, what has happened to me. And, and, and there's some differences in Paul's letter in our story. I'm, Tan and I are not in prison right now. Thank you, Jesus. He writes this letter from prison. But I I did want to include this because I want you to know this. I feel the same way when I read these words. I feel what Paul is saying. I want you to know, dear ones, what has happened to Tana, what has happened to me, has not hindered, but it's helping our ministry of preaching the gospel, causing it to expand and spread to many people. I want you to know what is happening to destiny is not hindering us, but it's actually going to cause our ministry to expand so that we can reach more people. Paul says, what I'm going through, and I would say the same, what we're going through is actually going to cause many believers to become even more courageous in the Lord and to be bold and passionate to preach the Word of God. You can write this in your notes. We are partnering in courageous, risk-taking, passionate living. We are partnering in being courageous. My hope is that Tana and I, in taking the steps that we're taking right now, Nobody told us we had to do this. Nobody said, you guys need to, you know, you need to just get out of there. Nobody's telling us that. Holy Spirit has been prompting us to make some steps in a new direction. We have had people come to us and say, you're crazy. Why would you do that right now? What are you thinking? How are you going to take care of yourselves? We're not. We haven't been all these years either. God is our source, right? But one of the coolest things I heard, Jana Grizafi said to us, she said, you know what? This is exactly what I want my kids to see. I want them to see what it looks like when people don't just preach about taking steps of faith, but they do it. 
I want them to see it lived out. Now, I'm doing it scared. Don't, don't think I'm up here as some spiritual giant. I'm doing it scared. Some days I do think, dear God, what the heck did I do pulling this trigger? Because you can't unpull it. Oh, dear Lord. But I know it was the Lord. And even though I feel scared, just like I preached to you guys, we got to do it scared. May what we're doing, what Tan and I are doing right now in our lives, may it only be a small sign. In fact, let me say this. We're not doing this to get you to be courageous. We're doing this because we got 20 years of watching a bunch of you be courageous. We got 20 years of watching some of you launch new businesses and start new ministries and take steps of faith. You've encouraged us. And so may we also be a part of helping encourage others that this house is called to be a courageous, risk-taking people. It's who we are. 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 All right. We're partnering together in this. Verse 27. Whatever happens. That's a big phrase, isn't it? I lower my glasses. Whatever happens, keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ, which reveals him to others. In your notes, we are partnering in the reality of the gospel. This is a gospel church. In fact, here's the way I say it in your notes. We are a people transformed and motivated by the undiluted, good, glad, happy, joyful, blissful, ecstatic, delightful news of what Jesus completely accomplished for and as us. That's who we are at Destiny. We are a people of grace. Your new pastors are not legalistic. This is not, if you're hoping that, they'll come in and clamp down. You're hoping that we'll get a little less free because I'm a little concerned about you, Pastor. <laughs> Paul preached an undiluted gospel of grace. And that's who we are as a church. We are a grace-based grace good news. When you come to destiny, you come to a place of the good news. That's who we are. My encouragement to you, and it has already been and continues to be the encouragement to our new pastors, let's go for it in the gospel of grace, allowing Jesus to be, continue to reveal to us what he fully accomplished for us on Calvary. Notice what Paul says next. i got to wrap this up. When I come to see you, and I'm going to be staying, by the way, right? Right? I'm staying. But I will be doing some traveling. So as I come and go, I'm going to hear good reports about you, and I do already, even around town. I'll know that you stand united in one spirit and one passion, celebrating together as conquerors in the faith of the gospel. Ooh, that's so good. And your notes, we are partnering united by Holy Spirit's passion. We are partnering together united by Holy Spirit. What are we united around? First and foremost in your notes, we will always be united around Jesus. We are united around Him. Secondly, we will remain united around our mission. Your new pastors, from their own confession to us, this is their heart. 
They are dedicated to the mission of Destiny Foursquare Church. Even if some things that we do change, and let's hope they do, they will. Even if some things that we do change, the reason we do them is this right here in your notes. This is who we are. This is the DNA of this house. This is what we pound the table over here. This is what makes us pound the table, this mission. Let's read it together. This is who we are, Destiny. Helping the spiritually hungry experience God and discover purpose and destiny through free and open worship, biblical training, and release into personal ministry. It's our mission, guys. There are more spiritually hungry people that have yet to become a part of this house that will because we're embracing transition together. There are more things for us to experience in the Lord that we haven't yet that we will because we are committed to partnering together for the mission of this house. Spiritually hungry people will experience God at Destiny Foursquare Church through free and open worship. That's not changing. Biblical training. He's not going to be teaching from the Quran. And released into personal ministry. Every person in this house is a minister. That is the heart of your new pastors as well. Let's stand together as we partner together for what God has planned for our future. Amen? So you sound fired up. I am fired up. I'm fired up because the God who began this thing is the same God who's still on the throne. Amen? He's the same God. If you're here this morning, you've not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, this is your opportunity to do that. Raise your hand real high if that's you and you need to do that this morning. Raise your hand. There's someone, anyone else, raise your hand today. It's a great day to get saved. Perfect day for it right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Would everybody here repeat the prayer after me this morning? Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your great love that you were so passionate about me that you sent your only son. I believe Jesus died and rose again for me and as me. So the old me is dead. The new me is alive. I am holy, I am pure, I am righteous only because of you. I respond to your voice today. I belong to you. You're the one who began a good work. You will complete it. Thank you, Father, for the greatest days that are yet to come. Come on, shout with me, my friends.